This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. What's up everybody welcome to another episode of wrestling with Jonas. this is episode 140 and this is another interview in partnership with turbuckle tv so after this one go back and check out all of our other turbuckle tv interviews with the likes of big f and joe Chantel jordan david out from dna wrestling alex tolbert and so many more so check all them out on turbuckle tv or on uh, any other podcast uh, platform, or maybe even YouTube, visit our YouTube page. Uh, but today, my next guest is uh, fast. Is one of the fast-rising young talents on the UK scene, uh, and one of the standouts of 2019 on the UK women's independent scene as well. Uh, I want to introduce to you the descending angel, Lucia Lee. So, Lucia, great to have you on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking yeah, forward to this. You're very, very welcome. You're very, very welcome. It's been a long time coming. I know that we set this up a little while ago, but the day is finally here. So great <laughs> to be speaking to you. But uh, you know, to, speaking about kind of more topical things, you know, we're about three months into the lockdown uh, over here in the UK. Uh, there's no restaurants open, no gyms open, no live wrestling. I'm sure yeah. that's really kind of doing your head in being so many months into it. Oh, but uh, how, how are you maintaining your, your fitness, your strength? and conditioning your cardio during the times when you might be able to get out and have a bit of a run I don't know you might have weights at home I don't know but you can't get to a gym and there's no uh, wrestling training schools open so what are you doing to maintain your fitness and your strength and conditioning there Lucia? So I'm really lucky that I have like loads of gym equipment at home that's my dad's like we have a like a punch bag we have dumbbells barbells like with all like different interchangeable weights Um, I've got like a resistance band I'm actually like quite well kitted out at home so I haven't been struggling that much, but I do miss like the atmosphere of being in a gym, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And and having to do it all from home, are you finding it difficult to keep yourself uh, motivated to do your strength and conditioning or your cardio work? Or, or do, you, do you have to force yourself to do it? Or is it just something you look forward to doing? Uh, how, <laughs> um, how are you with kind of keeping yourself oh. fit and healthy from home? I'm, I'm usually OK. Um, cardio has been a little bit of a, you know, forcing myself to do it. I don't mind weights at all. Like, I can like lift for hours. But when it comes to cardio, I'm just like dragging myself through it. because I just I hate it so much. Like in ring cardio is like it's not it's like a killer. But at least when it's in a ring, like you've you've got like a little bit of, you know, a reason to be doing it when I'm at home. I'm just like, oh, I'd rather just sit on my sofa. Yeah, and I think having spoken to a lot of other wrestlers um, during this kind of pandemic is when they do finally, when they're able to hit a gym or get inside a wrestling ring, it's kind of not necessarily having to start all over again, but it's going to be having to knock off some ring rust, get used yeah. to the ropes again, get used to the bumps again. Are you looking forward to that? I'm not looking forward to the first bump back. That's going to that's gonna kill because it's been nearly three months since I've been in a ring. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even think, like, that's so long. Yeah, 
Yeah, but uh, that's the response we've been getting from a lot of the, uh, the wrestlers. They can't wait to get back into the ring, but they know it's going to hurt the first couple of oh, uh, bumps they have to take. But uh, I mean, besides your physical well-being, you know, it's important to, to look after your, your mental well-being as well during these difficult times, especially with many millions of people around the world having to work from home or, you know, being in isolation at home. Now, you, you've been a big proponent and, and campaigner for mental health issues, especially in your yeah. social media. And you did a video recently for uh, Hope Spots. Now, tell us about about why you decided to speak up about the importance of looking after your, yourself mentally um, and especially with this Hope Spots video that you did? Um, I think that within wrestling there is a lot of people that suffer with mental illnesses whether that's like workers or fans. Um, I think that wrestling's really good for escapism. It's a great distraction and now that wrestling's sort of taken away people are going to be feeling a lot worse. Like, I know that I found it like quite difficult without having wrestling as my sort of I, I call it like a safety zone because it is a safety zone for people it's a place that you can go and you can be yourself and you can enjoy yourself and at home I think that it's important to look after yourself like you don't want to push yourself too hard if that makes sense yeah definitely yeah. definitely um but I mean it's, it's quite a an important message that you're putting out there and um you know I hope you don't mind me saying you, you're still kind of a year into the business uh, uh quite one of the younger members of the wrestling scene in the UK scene and it's quite a big step to kind of be a bit of a role model and kind of stand out there to put out such an important message um do you feel that there's a bit of responsibility as a pro wrestler to kind of reach out to your fans and make sure they're all well and uh, that they're looking after themselves in that sort of sense um yeah definitely because without fans i mean i don't know if you've watched like much of wwe and like AEW. they're having yeah. like no fan shows the atmosphere is so different so the fans are such an important aspect of the whole business that yeah, yeah I, I mean i've spoken to like a few fans i've like checked in and stuff I've had conversations with everyone. It's, it's just nice to like stay in touch. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, as I said, you you, you had an amazing first year. Um, you know, it, it's incredible to think that you only debuted. I think was it last April, Lucia, uh, twenty nineteen, when you debuted. And yeah, March. You've March done twenty nineteen. You've yeah. done so much in such a short space of time. Do you have to kind of stand back and, and pinch yourself sometimes because of everything you've accomplished and all the great matches and opponents that you faced in just you know 12 months time really or less than that considering when your last match was yeah it's uh it's been it's been really cool I debuted like fairly quickly I debuted after like seven months of training which is like unheard of and you know I think that since then I've just sort of I was chucked in at the deep end and it was sort of like a sink or swim mentality and I think that I'm doing okay yeah, yeah. So I mean, I want to get, I want to dig deep into your kind of training and your first year as a pro wrestler fairly soon. But w when did you kind of discover pro wrestling as a fan first of all? Then, Lucy, you know, was it uh, friends or family members that got you into it? Can you remember when you first kind of watched pro wrestling and when you were when you first became hooked on this sport that we love? So my little brother was a big wrestling fan when he was younger, so it was always sort of there. I remember like playing with wrestling figures with him because he had like a ring and he had like the little like miniature figures and like you'd it's kind of like um rock and sock and robots where you'd like basically just bash the buttons of a yeah. wrestling ring and I found it I thought it was great um then as we got a bit older he'd just be like watching it and I'd be in the room at first I thought it was like really stupid then I saw women's wrestling for the first time and I saw um Paige and, and I was like oh women do this this is cool and I just got hooked and I spent like two days in my room watching all the women's wrestling I could when I was like 11 or 12. 
Yeah. And Would you say that was this? Was that, the, was that the pivotal moment? Do you think when you kind of lock yourself locked yourself away for them couple of days and just submerge yourself in in pro wrestling in the women's wrestling in particular? Do you think that was a pivotal moment in your wrestling fandom that made you think, yeah, I I, I quite fancy giving this a go myself. Hundred hundred percent. Um, as soon as I like, I was literally just scrolling through YouTube and I was just looking for like as much women's wrestling I could find and like I. I discovered so much and I started seeing all these girls like Paige, AJ, Lita, Melina, all these girls. And I was just like, oh, my God, they're like the coolest people in the world. They're like superheroes. And I'm always I've always been a big fan of like um, things like Batman, the Avengers and stuff. So seeing like girls do that in like real life. Yeah, I just thought it was amazing. Real life superheroes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, and you, you mentioned a few names there. But uh, when you were kind of first getting into wrestling, who were some of the the characters and some of the wrestlers that really jumping out at you that were your favourites at the time? I was a huge fan of Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And like I'd go back and I'd watch his like uh, John Moxley promos and stuff, and I'd watch like all his like MVs and stuff and his CZW stuff, and like, I just thought that he was the coolest person in the world. Um, Paige and AJ definitely, Lita um i'm trying to think of got i love the shield i love yeah. cm punk i love brian um just just everyone really some I just, good names I was, there yeah i was just yeah. so submerged in like everything wrestling that i could find yeah yeah and i love the fact that you kind of searched out other promotions as well you didn't just stick with wwe but uh, that's really cool and uh, I, I can tell just by listening to you that you're a rounded kind of wrestling fan and not just sticking to one promotion so that's really really good so how did you start training to become a pro wrestler then tell us about that process of finding a school uh stepping through the doors on for the first time on that first day how did you how did you start looking to become a train a, a pro wrestler how did you start your training so i wanted to start training when i was about 14 um i messaged kamikaze pro i was like oh are girls allowed to like take part in your school and they were like yeah of course come on down we've got like a 13 year old girl here that was shan yeah and um I spoke to my mum and I was like oh I found this school they're not like that far away do you think that I could like start training and after a bit of research into what wrestling was she basically was like no and I was like oh okay then so then I had to wait another two years and I found a nearest school at Coventry Pro Wrestling yeah then I started training there November 28 no September 2018 right so you started training in september 2018 you debuted in march 2019 so that was quite a quick process then i mean were there any aspects during your kind of early months of training that you found difficult or was tough on your body in particular were there any kind of moves or aspects of the training and the drills that you were doing that you didn't enjoy so i'm um i was a dancer for about five or six years and in dance you're always taught smile don't don't show any pain don't show like show your emotion but not like you know not I found selling really hard from that because you've got to like act like there's pain on your face but in dance it's like oh if something hurts you smile through it you know you get the performance done so I I did find that really hard to adapt to I'm trying to think of anything else um I think that's pretty much it I feel like I adapted to most stuff fairly quickly yeah I, I had um great trainers I had um Liam Roberts <clears throat> looking out for me really he just sort of took me under his wing and I think that yeah I think that I, I was pretty much it yeah and, and CPW they've got their own academy haven't they I understand yeah yeah it's yeah. great 
So so uh, did you have to have some uh, some trainee matches or some academy matches to start off with? And how soon was it until you had your first kind of trainee match? Um, I had a match on a training show eight weeks after I started training. That was pretty crazy. Um, I don't really count that as like my first match because it, it didn't really feel like a match. Like I just was going through the motions of something that someone else had planned for me. Yeah. And um, I did like a battle royal as well on that show, which I won. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Well, so, so that must have been, uh, a, you know, a, a really fantastic moment. You know, you kind of yeah. two or three matches in, you've won a battle royal. Yeah. Uh, but but your first proper match, I think you was alluded to, was uh, against Nadia Sapphire, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Now, what yeah. can you remember about that match? Because, I mean, Nadia's uh, been on the circuit for quite a while. She's uh, a, an experienced pro. She's wrestled all the top names, um, certainly, you know, the women of the yeah. UK. Um, so how did it feel to kind of step into the ring with somebody as experienced as Nadia? <laughs> I was terrified before I met her because I was like, oh, my God, she's like this, like, huge, like, star. You know, she has like this. Nadia is someone that has, like, the star quality. Like, yeah. when she walks into a room, you know that she's there because she's such, like, she's such a big personality yeah and I was like so worried that she was going to be like the same as her wrestling character I was like oh no is this bit of a diva just yeah that's I was so worried (laughs) but like I met her and she was the loveliest person honestly like as soon as she got there she gave me a massive hug she's like you excited she's like really looking out for me she gave me loads of input in what we would do in the match um Dan Evans helped us plan so that we'd both like look quite good yeah and she was just she's amazing I think that she's probably one of the best heel females in the UK yeah and And, I don't think she gets enough credit uh or gets the credit that she deserves to be honest with you um and I've seen Nadia wrestle and I've seen her as a valet for many many years and she is very very good she needs um to be given more credit than she gets but uh, yeah I mean you've just kind of backed up everything there that she's a, a true pro and um you know helping younger wrestlers like yourself certainly in their first matches um but uh you know I, I have to ask you I mean you, you must have been a bit nervous before that first match, but do you still suffer with nerves when you go into the ring kind of a year in? And how do you prepare for your matches? How do you try to overcome the nerves before you step through the curtain? Um, I don't really get nerves until like I'm about to go through the curtain. Really? The only time that I've really, really been nervous, I was really nervous before my match with Chantal at Kamikaze. And I was really nervous before my debut at Wrestling 4. They're the two that I've been like really like, really nervous oh and my debut for kamikaze as well i was yeah i was actually really nervous for that one so it seems to be um, mostly when you're kind of uh, your first show for a new promotion um yeah. and, and you obviously feel like you've got something to prove yes definitely like there's a huge chip on my shoulder to you know be good at least like i never want anyone to come away and think oh lucia lee she was awful worst part of the show like that's always like in the back of my mind and i'm like okay you've got to make sure that you aren't the worst person in the room you've got to make sure that you are you know at least above a certain level sure yeah absolutely well I mean you know going back to CPW you're only a, a few months into making your official debut when you won the CPW Women's Championship Lucy yeah. so I mean how did that feel when you were told that you were going to be winning the, the Women's Championship for CPW and CPW you know they're an, an established company being around uh, quite a while uh, you're a few months in and uh, you know they give you the news that they're going to put the title on you. It, it felt really surreal when I won it that's probably my favourite weekend of my career because the next day I debuted for Kamikaze as well mm. so 
I um I won the title then I debuted for like one of my favorite promotions and it was it was really crazy um the promoter Phil has always really looked out for me and when I came in the CPW women's division it wasn't it wasn't bad but it wasn't great like there wasn't many girls it was basically like the same two girls on every show and I think that when I came in I sort of breathed a little bit of life into the division which because I was like a homegrown talent and like they they hadn't really seen that for a few years having someone that was in their system yeah yeah and you know tell us about that moment of of winning the match being handed the belt uh that must have been you know something that you dreamt of as a wrestling fan and here it is happening just a few months in I mean it must have felt quite surreal (laughs) I love that belt as well like (laughs) it was um it was like the first belt that like I was like holding I was like I remember um when one of the former champions had it and I was like oh I want this one day and um then when they told me like oh yeah you're over in this match I was like oh, I just couldn't believe it I was so excited because they just had a title change at the last show yeah. so I was assuming that I was going to come in and be like oh the first like person that they defeated and um they were like oh no it's two out of three falls match and then I got to debut my submission and it was it was really really cool yeah, yeah, we're we're going to talk about your moves very soon, Lucy. But uh, you, you, I, I don't know if this is still the case, but you were the longest reigning CPW Women's Champion. I think you held the belt for about seven months plus. Um, is that still the case? You, you're still the longest reigning champion, although you're not not the champion currently, of course. Um, I'm not sure if they're counting like the COVID stuff. I think I'll be. Yeah, I think I'm still the longest. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. it was it was really cool holding that belt for so long and having a lot of cool matches with it, a lot of cool title matches. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, unfortunately, all good winning streaks have to come to an end. You dropped yes. the title to uh, a good friend, uh, another fantastic wrestler, Hannah Taylor. Yeah. Um, tell us about that experience because although you're on you know opposing ends of of the ring during that match, <laughs> you know you are quite close to Hannah, and it must have been uh, quite a thrill to see you kind of losing the belt to somebody that you know. There's no one else I'd rather have lost it to. That's her first championship as well. And it was yeah. oh, it was so sweet. Like, she was so shocked when, like, they told her that she was winning. I actually brought her into CPW. Right. Um, I was asked um, for a list of girls that I really wanted to work. And she was on the list. And they were like, yep, it's going to be you versus Hannah in September, which is the first time we wrestled. And uh, then they brought her back a few times and... Now she's champ and I'm really, really proud of her. She's no, so good. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. And I've seen the match and it was a fantastic match. But that's not the only championship that you won with CPW, is it? Because um, uh, at one point you were also the CPW Galaxy champion as well. Now, am I right in thinking that the Galaxy champion is, is open to both male and female competitors? It is now. Um, ah. I'm the first female to hold the belt. Right. Um, on a briefcase to cash in for a title shot. And I cashed it in on a men's championship which changed the rules of the belt because ah. there's no intergender allowed at um cpw so they had it as like mixed tag matches but yeah it's um i'm the only woman to have hold a men's title at that company which is pretty cool that is really really cool and uh, you know you, you find that a lot of promotions now are kind of doing a lot more intergender matches and yes. uh, you said that you know with you winning the galaxy championship that opened the doors for women to be part of the, the galaxy uh, uh, division I suppose but mm-hmm. h- how do you how do you kind of 
the field, wrestling the guys as well as the girls. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen a few matches with you wrestling the guys. You seem perfectly happy, well in your comfort zone. Um, it, it, does it have a different feel, a different vibe? Do you kind of, you know, wrestle differently wrestling the guys as opposed to the ladies? How, how does it work as far as you're concerned? Um, I love wrestling the guys. I only really get to do it at Kamikaze. But um, I think that it's so, so helpful in your training um you look at girls like Millie McKenzie and Chantal Jordan their careers have been wrestling guys and they become like much more well-rounded because with the girls because women's wrestling hasn't been going that long you've got like a few girls like Nadia and Lana that have been around for so long but most of the girls are fairly new and it's like with the guys they've got a little bit more experience and like wrestling different styles and stuff because a lot of the girls are like you know too to four years in if that makes sense so having like matches with guys it is really really helpful i think yeah definitely looks like it it makes you a more rounded wrestler i suppose i mean when i spoke to Chantel for another turnbuckle tv interview she said the same thing that uh, it's helped to kind of grow her career and uh, grow her as a character and as a performer um but uh, i mean let's talk a bit about your wrestling style then so you mentioned or you alluded to your finishing move earlier on but you've got a very athletic in-ring kind of uh, style Uh, many of your moves demonstrate your your flexibility as a wrestling You, you mentioned that you're dancing probably attributed to some of that tell us about your wrestling style then Lucia because um you know uh, uh, and some of your moves as well how would you describe your in-ring style and has there been anybody that's kind of been influential to some of your moves or your style in particular um I think I'm quite a brawler a lot of my moves are like strike based um I've taken a lot of inspiration from Charlotte Flair like we right. both do the natural selection and I've I've tried to like base my style a little bit around Brian Danielson as well, which I'm looking forward to showing off a little bit more when wrestling's back. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm quite comfortable with like submission wrestling and stuff, but I'm always a little bit too nervous to like try it out in like actual matches and stuff. Cause yeah. it's, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes I get in my own head and I'm like, Oh, if you mess this up, you're going to look like really stupid. So just don't do it. Just stick to what you know. But like, I think that I really want to like try and elevate myself and like, push myself to do it like more stuff yeah add another level to the lucia lee uh arsenal i suppose but uh yeah. that'd be great to see you kind of uh, break out some submission holes in the future definitely <laughs> uh but but tell us about your finisher then because you you briefly mentioned it earlier on uh for any of my listeners that are not too familiar with your move set explain your your finisher and why it's so devastating and kind of why you <laughs> why, why you chose it to be your finisher in the first place so um Kevin Isaac that you've interviewed before um, from Hope Spot, me and him were training once and I wanted to start doing a submission finisher and he was just showing me a few different things and then he showed me the cattle mutilation and I just fell in love with it. He showed me how to do it and it's basically um, a double chicken wing and then you bridge over like on your head. Yeah. And I love it because I can get like quite a high bridge on it and I just think that it looks so evil (laughs) yeah it's a sick move it really is a sick move and uh, it looks really really cool uh but uh, that's great and like I say if you can break out a few more submission holes like that uh that that would be pretty awesome but let's talk a bit about your gimmick then Lucy if we can because you you started your career at the very beginning as a baby face and then you quickly (laughs) transitioned into being a heel and now we have the the descending angel tell us a bit about the the transition into the character we, we know now then so when I started out I was like I really struggled with finding myself I found it like really hard to try and become a character and become like a gimmick so to speak like 
I thought that I'd have to be like you know really like over the top and like you know I didn't I didn't want to be like John Cena or like you know generic babyface number five yeah so I tried like to make myself a little bit more like edgier and just feed into my own personality um I'm really inspired by um the band the misfits okay so that's always been like a bit of a um inspiration to me but then once I became a heel I just it it just clicked and I managed to become like this angsty teenage emo like everyone can relate to that like stage in their life sort of where they're just like anti-authority hate the parents you know the thing that they know it all and that's really what I'd like embody yeah I love your your gimmick I love your character (laughs) it just fits you so well and like I say one thing that a lot of new wrestlers find difficult to grasp is is kind of their their character their gimmick and to channel kind of that personality that 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 they want uh like all wrestlers say it's kind of your own personality turned up to 11 isn't it but you've kind of channeled it so so well and uh, I think that besides your natural wrestling ability your character really really shines Our friends over at Hope Spot Clothing are offering listeners to the Wrestling With Jollas podcast 10% discount off of all of their t-shirts and merchandise. Simply use the code WWJPOD. That's WWJPOD. Hope Spot Clothing are a charity label with over 50% of all profits going to a variety of good causes. Go to their website www.hopespotcc.com. That's hopespotcc.com. And take advantage of their great discount now. Speaking of your, your character, one thing that I've noticed that really jumps out off the page um, is your ability in front of the camera, on a microphone. You're not phased by any of that at all. You can cut a really good promo. Was that something that you had to learn um, or was it something that came natural to you? Uh, Look, so you've done, you've done a few, you've cut a few promos uh, on video, certainly on your social media pages in the past. But uh, is that something that come natural to you or something that you had to develop? I think the first few promos I did were awful and I think that once you find like your promo style it becomes a lot easier um my my issue is I tend to ramble a little bit so sometimes I'm just like okay just cut it down cut it down cut it down because I can talk for like the the promo that I did for Chantal Jordan um that ended up having like 10 minutes worth of like me just speaking at the camera just like <laughs> was that the one where you set her set a picture yes. uh, like of you and her that was an awesome promo Thank I love that one so much <laughs> we had to cut out so much footage from that it was oh it's crazy like I was just rambling and rambling I had so much to say and I started talking about her mom and her family <laughs> and like um I was editing it and I was like okay yeah we, we need to make this like at least like under like five minutes or else no one's gonna watch it but um I do really enjoy promos and character stuff because while I'm still like quite early on in my career I'm not gonna be the best in ring talent but I know that I'm comfortable in my character work and I'm confident in it yeah yeah it definitely shows and uh, if anybody wants to check that out I know that I saw that a while ago on your Facebook page or Lucy Lee's yes. Facebook page um, but that is an awesome promo and uh, yeah I just love because it's a dark setting you're really kind of laying into Chantel yes. and then you set that picture of you and her alight um, but that that was really really cool yeah. but um, l- let's talk about some of your opponents and we'll talk about Chantel in a minute I'm sure but w- one kind of rest of that really stood out one match that really stood out to me 
was your match with uh, Dominita from last November, November 30th, uh, the Queen of the Ring tournament um, for Bellatrix. Now, yes. she's a fierce competitor. Uh, quite frankly, she scares me. I think she probably scares most of the locker room as well, male yes. or female. Uh, but how tough was that match against Dominita? Because she's uh, quite an intimidating character, putting it uh, politely. She's been in the business for so long yeah. that I was so intimidated when I first met her. I was so scared that she was going to hate me. And she's actually the loveliest person like you'll meet backstage. She's so sweet. She's got like an absolute heart of gold. And we've worked each other about three times now. Only one singles match. Um, she actually drove me to that um, Bellatrix show and got me the booking, which I really appreciate. Um, we drove up there together. And then um, Soraya and I, she was just like, okay, yeah, it's you two in the first round. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm like, ah. Um, we had, like, a really fun match. It was really short, but um, they they wanted it to be, like, very short so that she could, like, really get over her dominance. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, but I still want to make you look good. And she was really, really concerned with, like, putting me over, which I will really, really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I, I love the... the, the uh, you know the, the dynamic between the two of you um but uh, yeah that was a tough match and then you faced lana austin at a cpw oh, event yes. um this past december wasn't it i think it was their their christmas show now yes. that must have been a bit of a dream come true for you to face lana lana austin for your home promotion around christmas time uh what what what, what a thrill that must have been for you um originally i wasn't booked against lana on that show um <clears throat> um and then her other match um fell through and they were like, oh, we might as well just have Lana versus um, Lucia. And I was so excited because I've looked up to Lana for so long. I think that she's incredible. Yeah. Honestly, like she's, oh, I just think that she's so cool. And I've always like, I remember once um, someone in a locker room said that I reminded them of like Lana when she was younger. And I was like, oh my God, really? Thank you. And she's great to work with. Like she hits hard, but like it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was a great match. Um, and like I say, I mean, you, you're still oh, kind of halfway through your first year, I suppose, by then. And you're already kind of uh, yeah. living out these dream matches. Um, and then there's Chantel Jordan, of course. Now, oh. I think you've had your, the most amount of matches with one single person against Chantel. I think you've wrestled her the most out of all of your uh, kind yeah. of opponents in your first year. Um, but this leads us to our first kind of fan question from a, a James Griffith um, from Twitter. And he asks, uh, after all of your great matches with Chantel Jordan up and down the country, uh, with uh, uh, many more matches to come, uh, what's been your favourite match between you Ooh. and Chantel Jordan? That's a good question. I think probably the Kamikaze Pro Live match. I think it was Pro Live 23 because like, I did the promo for it. And um, when I won the Roulette Rumble, as like the chance to face Shan. I didn't know until like right before yeah. and I was so excited um it's it's like a great feeling when you get to work with someone so much because you can really like test things out that work and that don't work and you know what does work the more you work with each other I've just said work like a million times but um That's fine yeah the thing is with me and Chan like she she always goes out of her way to make sure that I'm happy with what we're doing and she gave me like so much free reign in that match to like plan and just come up with ideas. And I, I really, really like it. And the ending sequence of that match is one of my favourites because we're just like trading like moves and it, it's just really, really cool. And then another one, 
I loved the one at Southwest Wrestling as well, which was the last woman standing match. I was going to ask about that one, the last woman standing match, because yeah. what I've seen of that match just looked incredible. And it, you two just beat the living hell out of one another. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah, that was, that was a really tough match. Like, um, we had so much planned. And then, like, when we were in there, we were just, like, calling stuff. And I was just like, yeah, just I'm going to put your arm through a door and boot you in the face and, like, DDT on, like, a table. And it was, it was so much fun. Yeah. And that was the main event as well, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, which I really appreciated because that was, like, the second time I'd had a match there. And, yeah. like, they gave me the main event spot. And I just, I really, really found that cool. Yeah, I, I've got to ask you, and I've, I've asked a few others this, especially uh, the Elliot Jordan experience. So I asked him the same question, but what's it like to take one of Chantel Jordan's kicks to the chest or to, to the back of the head? Uh, is it one that kind of makes you feel it the following day? <laughs> um, the, the worst kick I've ever taken from Shan was at CPW, one of the last matches before lockdown. So like, I think she snapmared me and like kicked me in the back. And oh my god, it was like, oh, like my spine just shivered, and I was like, oh my god. And then she pinned me afterwards, and I was like, Shan, Jesus. <laughs> the chest breathe. kicks, they, they are, they are like, they're nice, but like they are really, really like you feel them. You know that you're being hit with it. Like I wrestled her like twice in one weekend in October last year. The first like two matches we had, yeah. And my chest was hurting afterwards. It was pain. Like it was good but it was like really painful. Yeah. And I know that, um, and this might've been at the Kamikaze live show that you was just uh, mentioning, but uh, there was uh, a match between you and Chantel. Um, and I call it kind of the slap heard around Birmingham where you slapped Chantel across the face <laughs> yeah. and everybody in the audience just kind of went, Ooh. And when I was watching it, I, I had the same reaction. That was a hell of a slap. That's turned into a bit of a meme in itself, that slap. Um, uh, did she know that that slap was coming? And uh, did you hit her harder than you was, than you actually did? did? Did you mean to hit her that hard? Is what I'm trying oh to my say. God. Right. So um, we had we planned the start of the match that Shan was like going to attack me because like, you know, she was annoyed and stuff. But I think that she made the decision to sort of um, she wanted me to instigate it. She wanted me to hit her first. And without we just knew that that was what we were like planning. We just sort of like telepathically best friend communication. She yep. just squared up to me. And I was like, I think she wants me to slap her. <laughs> so I just clotted. I didn't even aim. Like, usually when I slap someone, I'll aim for, like, neck. But I just slapped her across the face. And I was like, I really hope she wanted me to do this. Or else she's <laughs> going to be so annoyed with me. And I'm getting a receipt. But I asked her afterwards. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I wanted you to slap me. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, a good, oh, good bit of foresight great. from you there. Lucky bit of foresight. But, uh, um uh, putting characters and matches to one side I know that Chantel is one of your best friends in the business yeah, um, and she's been such an important part of your wrestling journey so far um, it, you know which how would you kind of describe how kind of important Chantel Jordan's been in your career so far because I know that you, you're good friends kind of behind the scenes and you've wrestled each other the most amount uh, in the ring but how would you describe <clears throat> yeah. your kind of your, your, your friendship and how important she's been to you? Oh, I can't even like put it into words how much I love Shan. Um, she's literally like my sister. She's looked after me from the moment like we we th we both thought that we hated each other when we first met each other, and really? we just like um, it was Roy and Parrot that really like just sort of made us click, and we just started speaking more, and we'd be like calling each other all the time. Um, she only lives like thirty minutes away from me, 
like by like drive yeah. and um shan's actually she's done so much for me her and her mum like they've driven me to shows they, they take me to training at kamikaze i literally can't thank them enough because yeah. without them i i definitely wouldn't have had a lot of the opportunities that i have had yeah and i'm yeah, always definitely. gonna be like thankful to the pair of them and shan's always like been lovely to me as a friend as well like people think that we're like just like wrestling friends no we are like best friends like the business doesn't even come into it anymore like she's just my best friend yeah yeah and uh, I'm sure every time you get into the ring with her you just kind of enjoy it more and more because you've got yeah. such good chemistry uh but that brings us to our, our next uh, question uh from one of our uh, Twitter followers uh, it's Angel and uh, Angel asks uh, who's been the most helpful person in your career so far so we've mentioned Chantel Jordan Ooh. as being very very important and helpful but is there anybody else that you kind of uh kind of say has been the most or one of the most important uh, helpful people in your career so far See, I'm really, I have like so many great people that have yeah, really yeah. looked after me. Throw, like, throw, throw have, a list of names out if you want um, to. Kevin Isaac has been yeah, amazing. Liam, yeah. Liam Roberts, um, Will slash Will Star, his other wrestling name, has looked mm. after me from day one. He's always like took me under his wing. And um, Marshall X, kamikaze trainer, course, he, is, he has taught me so much about psychology and about wrestling. He's put a lot of faith in me um alex connors has always looked out for me um alex talbot yeah. has been a huge huge help uh, ryan parrot um bishop um mj grayson that i tag with at kamikaze he's yeah. like one of my favorite people I've, I've been really really lucky in the people that i've been surrounded with i've had very few negative people oh dan evans and um, natalie wild i literally call them like my wrestling parents nice and I, I love like I have so many like great people around me and yeah. um, it's it's great. It's nice to have that kind of support network, isn't it? You know, you've got your family at home, but, uh, you know, that your, your wrestling family, uh, you yeah. know, are, are kind of really, really important as well. Now, I've got another question here from, from a, uh, let's see, from a Chantelle from Birmingham. And oh, she no. asks, uh, uh, ask Lucia why she eats porridge with water. Uh, so what's oh, that all about? I knew she was going to do something. <laughs> she messaged me last night, like, I really hope he asks my question. And I'm like, oh, God, what has she asked? um i think that porridge with milk is a bit too thick so i have my oats with water in the morning and she is a bean so yeah <laughs> no that's fair enough and that, that's <laughs> up there with your your uh, apple lucasade addiction as well i suppose but uh mm, well, yes. where did the apple because the apple lucasade it's become part of your gimmick now isn't it? that's really bizarre it's, synonymous with me which i love i get tagged in like stories all the time of people just like filming their apple lucasade one day i will get a sponsorship from lucasade yes. energy i don't know when but it will happen um it i just i think that me and james cross oh james cross has also been like a huge um a huge help to me like he has driven me to training shows everything he's like looked after me more than anyone i can't believe i forgot to mention him i feel really bad now but um me and him we just really like apple lucasade and once i was just like i'm gonna take this to the ring with me <laughs> and then i just started doing it and it really works when i'm a heel i, I don't know why it's just really engaging to people because it's, it's different i guess and um yeah. yeah now it's it's on my merch it's 
it's just a, a part of me. Yeah, yeah, you've got to get that sponsorship deal somewhere down the line. It's got to oh, happen. You've probably done more for Apple LucasAid than any <laughs> any kind of TV campaign they've ever done for it. But uh, definitely. Uh, another quick question from myself then: uh, Are there any other matches or moments uh, from your career so far that you're particularly proud of? Um, all my kamikaze matches. That's like it's been my favourite place to work because I've, I don't think I've had a bad match there. I've never like come backstage from like kamikaze and just thought, oh, I hated that. I was awful which I have I have done that a few times um I get very in my own head and I'm like my worst critic but um match with Lacey Adams at Kamikaze was great the first four on four match that we had at Kamikaze as well with the second to none versus the heroes next door that was that was a lot of fun um wrestling for my debut there because I got to work with Millie which was like a dream come true and just I think I've enjoyed all my matches in a way, even the bad ones, because I can look back on them and see like how much I've grown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I've got a question here from Kevin, Kevin Isaacs. Uh, we've had him on, oh, the, no. on the podcast before. A really, really great. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. He, he's asked, uh, could you ask Lucia? Um, uh, yeah. Ask her maybe what she thinks the indie scene could do better. So uh, kind of looking at the indie scene and what you think uh, could help improve the indie scene or anything that you feel needs to get better. Um, I think within wrestling, <clears throat> there is a lot of things that go on backstage that a lot of fans and people aren't aware of regarding um a little there's there's notions of things like sexism that I've seen very prominently in wrestling I think that rather than having companies you know having these little rivalries and you know being at war with each other I think that um it'd be detrimental to especially young girls like myself yeah to have more of a safeguarding structure in place um I've been in situations that haven't been like great in wrestling yeah you know I've had um fans shout very demeaning comments at me when I was like 16 I've had other trainees make me very uncomfortable yeah um I think that wrestling as a whole could do better by protecting the younger generation yeah good point. even not not just in things like sexism but you know there's a lot of hazing that goes on sometimes at certain mm. promotions and I just think that like people should remember that kids are kids and just because like whatever happened to you when you came in you don't have to like carry that on you know I have a lot of um, young trainees at CPW that I will always you know look after I have like a group of girls there now that are like 10 yeah. and 11 and um, all of them I will like protect them no matter what yeah, that's fantastic. It yeah. really is fantastic. And they need somebody like yourself and the Chantal Jordans and, and you know, to, to kind of look after the, the next crop of young girls that are coming through to look up yeah. to and to kind of someone to go to and to talk to. But that's really, really great. Another question yeah. from myself then. And, and, and thanks for that question, Kevin. Um, and for the earlier question, Chantal, of course, now we know the secret behind her uh, watery <laughs> porridge. But uh, uh, a question from myself. Um, are there any wrestlers that you would love to get in the ring with that you haven't had the chance to so far? Now, you mentioned yeah. Millie McKenzie. Now, Millie McKenzie yeah. was a bit of a dream match for you. Yeah. Uh, you had you had a, a kind of an encounter with Millie at uh, Wrestling 4, but uh, any other uh, wrestlers that you'd love to get into the ring with that you haven't had a chance to so far? 
Uh, Charlie Evans, definitely. I, I, I'm just in awe of Charlie Evans. I think that she's just like the cooler version of me and I just, I love her. Um, Lizzie Evo, I really, really want to work with. That match got cancelled because of COVID. Um, yeah. Jade, Nightshade. Yeah. Um, Debbie Keitel, just... Um, yeah, there's so many girls that I'd love to work with. Um, yeah, that's an impressive Giselle list. Shaw, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Giselle's up there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. And, and more matches with Millie, I'm sure. I mean, uh, I so. t- tell us a bit about the match you have with uh, Millie at uh, Wrestling 4 then, because that was a bit of a dream match for you. You know, yeah. uh, Millie and yourself, they, you live in the, the same kind of neck of the woods. Um, yeah. How did that match kind of get get kind of booked essentially and uh you know how happy were you that that you were finally going to be in the ring with millie so um alex booked me he was the first person to book me outside of my training school um i ended up working at other places like before that booking came around but he's always the first person that like you know set that in stone that also plays a huge part in why i debuted for kamikaze because i wouldn't have been getting pictures backstage in my gear at kamikaze if i wasn't booked at wrestling for so I have a lot to uh, thank Alex for in that regard but when I found out that Millie was in the match I was so nervous like um I think it was I think Brian Parrott told me before Alex did one I can't remember who told me first but I was like I was a little bit unsure because she'd been booked at wrestling for a few times and it had fell through because um I think that she was ill one of the times and couldn't get there um and I was just nervous and I was like I was excited, but at the same time, like seven girls, I was like, oh, I might not really get to work with her. But I actually, I did. I had like a couple of little spots with her, which was really cool. And I was so nervous backstage. And she just like came up to me and she was like, don't worry, I get anxious before all my matches. Um, you, you'll be fine. And I was just like, yeah, well, I'm wrestling you. I'm kind of nervous. And she's like, oh, don't be nervous. It's fine. And I'm like, oh, thank you. She was really sweet to me that day. She's always really um, looked out for me. Yeah. which is really nice. And what you want now is a singles match. You you want that one-on-one yeah. encounter, don't you? So uh, that that's yeah. something to put on your bucket list, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> we, we, we're going to kind of wrap up with the final few questions cool. here, Lucia. But um, uh, are there any 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 countries that you'd like to visit and, and kind of wrestle in or any, any promotions in particular that you'd love to work for in the next, I don't know, two or three years, say? Uh, Pro Wrestling Eve is like top of my list i'm hoping to get down there as soon as wrestling's back and just experience the show because i'll be 18 by the time shows are back and i'll be able to uh go into the res gal yeah um i'd love to go to japan i think that's become sort of like a cliche at this point with how many people say it but japan is the goal Absolutely. i'd love to go to australia new zealand um i'd love to go over europe um belgium just anywhere where there's wrestling, really, yeah. I'll, I'll be happy to travel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to be one promotion that um, I think you've already been announced as part of their roster is uh, a new breed wrestling association. Yes. And you've been announced as a, a new roster member there when they kind of finally open their doors. Um, and so how, how chuffed were you when they kind of asked you to be part of their, their roster when they reopen uh, sometime this year, hopefully? Um, it was really, really sweet. So I turned up to one of their shows in January. I took part in a Kelly Six seminar and then I did commentary for their women's match. And the promoters have been nothing but lovely to me. Like They've really, really um, put me over and been really sweet to me. So I'm really looking forward to getting back there because I think that, you know, I want to really help build their women's division up, basically. Yeah. 
yeah really really cool lucia it's been amazing having you on the wrestling with john's podcast you. in partnership with turbo tv but before we let you go we, we can't kind of have you on without giving you a chance to plug any social media that you okay. have any merch where we can reach out to you say hi get to know okay. more about the descended right. angel so uh, yeah throw out some uh, some plugs uh the, the floor is yours okay so my Instagram and Twitter is at underscore Lucia Lee three. My Facebook is just Lucia Lee. My merch is at on the gear dot com or dot co dot I don't know. It's just on the gear. Check that out and check out Hope Spot Clothing. Yeah, definitely. And all of those links will be added to the description of this podcast. Thank so with your uh, kind of listen to this on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, click into the description and all of the links will be there. I'll make sure that I get the, the correct um, merch address from Lucia and make sure that that's kind of put into the description. Thanks. But uh, thank you, Lucia, for, for being a fantastic guest no on the problem. Wrestling Majonas podcast. So uh, there we go. Please keep it tuned to the Wrestling Majonas podcast. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please don't forget to spread the word. Tell your friends and tell your family. Don't forget to subscribe to the Wrestling Majonas podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on or as i said uh, give us a subscribe on youtube and help us out there and that way you don't miss out on a single episode you get a notification every time a new episode drops uh, thanks again to lucia for being a great guest thanks again to Thank turbicle you. tv turbicle tv of course who's been such great sponsors uh, and supporters of the show and uh, thanks to everybody for listening or watching this great interview take care have a great weekend and we'll catch up with you all again soon